Welcome to Hidden Secrets to Leadership Success, the podcast that helps you be the leader you were meant to be. Our speakers are Hector McAhern and Steve Royal, both experienced leaders in their own right. They will share with you more about their careers and background as our podcasts evolve. As you will hear, leadership is a fascinating subject with literally hundreds of definitions. But the purpose of these podcasts is simple for Hector and Steve. They want you to be a better leader. No matter where you are now, what they have to share is vital to your future leadership success. So let's jump in. Here are Hector McAhern and Steve Royal. Well, good afternoon. We thank you for being part of our podcast today, and uh, we welcome you to Hidden Secrets to Leadership Success. If you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a five-star review and, most importantly, tell your friends and family about us. Today, we're going to start with our discussion with one of the most important characteristics of any leader, one of the most important secrets, and that is vision or visionary. But before we jump right into that, we thought we probably ought to start with a definition of leadership since that's where we're, uh, we're going to be talking. And that definition that we've settled on is it's the application or process of social influence which maximizes the efforts of others towards the achievement of a goal. What do you think about that, Hector? I think that's good, I, and I agree with that. What I would say to you, Steve, is followership is evidenced by your willingness to follow somebody who is actually leading. And I think that's important because oftentimes we get confused about who's leading when in fact I'm out there by myself. Right. So I agree with the de definition and I think the whole issue of social influence is so critical to achieving what we need to achieve. Right. And sometimes we see, especially new leaders, thinking that their positional power is their what's driving it and what influence they need to use. And so we're, the, the issue of social influence is really how good leaders get, become great leaders. That's right. And the fact is, as a social leader, you generally don't need to position yourself as being the leader. Right. Which I think is pretty, pretty important. Exactly. Exactly. So... We'll move forward with that, and uh, as we mentioned, the first episode of our podcast, Hidden Secrets to Leadership Success, is going to deal with vision, and we've been looking at these and the background of how we came up with these characteristics is based on, first of all, my experience, Hector's experience, as we've managed and been managed by uh, multiple leaders, and the opinions of the people that we've had in our workshops and where we ask them to give us their top 10 characteristics of leadership. And we've put all of that together to come up with our, our operating top 10. So, Hector, why don't you jump in there? What's, what's your definition of, of visionary or vision and how does it impact? Well, let me say this before we go forward, Steve. Uh, Hidden Secrets of Leadership Success is an interesting name for what we're trying to do. And the reason it's so interesting is 
some of the easiest uh, that I, I have ever encountered, and maybe I should say simplest stuff, is so difficult to do. So when we talk about hidden secrets, we are actually talking about ways that you, as an emerging leader in your organization, can accomplish great things in what you do. And I think in order to achieve anything in business is you first have to have a vision. Right. And I think of three things when I think of, of a vision. I think about purpose, the reason that you are there. I think about the picture of the future. What do you see in the future as it relates to this vision? And the third thing I think about is values. So what does it take to get you to where you want to go? So when I think of vision, I think about where we're going. Mm -hmm. And it's that simple, see? I mean, it, it, it gets complicated, and you and I will talk a lot about complicating and making this thing so difficult that nobody in the world can do it. But in reality, my vision is what do I want to see in the future? So I can close my eyes while we're together, and I can envision how I want this podcast to work. Right. And you and I will have to do that. I mean, we haven't done it directly, but as we've talked about all of this, we are kind of setting out on an adventure with, with our audience to define. Yeah, absolutely. Vision. And it, uh, bringing it down to uh, the vision for, for this podcast, I think, is, is critical because vision does give you the direction uh, of where your effort's going to take us. And so that direction really needs to be articulated in a way that every, everyone can participate. And as I was sort of getting ready for our session today, I was thinking about how vision is also a critical element for what's happening today. We know that in today's environment, um, lots of jobs are open because people just are, have walked away from them or don't want to be involved with them or that sort of thing. And in every instance, no matter what business you walk into, they're looking for people. And one of the things that I think is missing in a lot of organizations is that real clear vision of where they're trying to go. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. vision has nothing to do with profits or money or revenue. Uh, vision has to do with the impact that you're going to have as an organization. And I, In that regard, yeah. Steve... Let's talk about us for a minute. What do, in your opinion, what are we trying to do with our podcast? What do we want the audience to feel about this? I, I think it's, it's pretty simple at, at one level, more complex at another, but I really want to help people be better leaders. That's the, the whole purpose behind what I've been doing and doing leadership development is helping people get to be better leaders, because at one level, at an important level, I think it's really up to us as leaders to help other people be successful. And so it's not just about corporate goals or objectives or that sort of thing. 
It's really about helping the people that we work with be as good as they can be and as successful as they can be going forward. It's not about me as the leader, but really a bit about it's about helping those people become better leaders. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways of thinking about it is my success is not really what's important as a leader. My success should be measured by the leaders that I develop and the success they have. That is so so true, and I agree with that 100%. I was reading Rick Warren's book. Uh, I'm certain you've seen his book about churches, but the first thing he says in that book is, it really is not about you. Right. So one of the things that I think great vision creates is a humility with a very strong will. Right. And we'll probably talk about this, but humility, the ability to to be humble. Right. And to work hard not to know everything. And I think that's part of becoming a good leader. And it's, it's also what makes people respect you as a leader. Right. So once, once we get a vision and, and we have our vision, you said it, to teach people how to be better leaders. We are not preoccupied with anything other than that. Right. And we really feel like if you want to be successful, your vision needs to be clear. Right. And I think that's one thing I would say about visions, period, is I have a vision about all kinds of things in my head. But at the end of the day, when I come to a group, and even you and I, when we go to our audience, we need to be very, very clear on what our vision, in fact, is. Right. And oftentimes, going back to uh, simple but not easy, people totally miss out on that. I see people all the time talking about vision and that sort of thing, and they are really, really, really out of sorts. They don't know what they're talking yeah, about. They've really, they really so. missed the point. One yeah. of the things that that you mentioned there is uh, sort of where we want to go, but the the thing that I think about is as we're talking about vision, it's real simple for our audience to perceive that to be what senior management does. They wait for the senior person in their organization, the leader, the senior leader, to set a vision for their organization. And they don't think that at their level, they really have any real input into what a vision is. And one of the things that I think we want to get across in this discussion is just because you're somewhere down the, the chain, what you're, what you're really doing is trying to create a vision for where, not, not necessarily the vision for the corporation. I mean, I've got a list of potential vision statements for major corporations, and that's, that's all fine and good. But if you're a new leader uh, or a leader in sort of down in the, the hierarchy of the organization, take a branch manager at a bank, what's your vision for that branch? What are you trying to do? How are you trying to improve that branch? What are the things that you want those people that are working for you to experience so that they can be the best they can be in that environment? And I think that's a, a, a critical element of talking about vision is that it's not just about the corporate vision. Well, you know, Steve, what you are saying reminds me that the world has changed. There was a time that 
it may have been true that the very senior corporate person has the vision right. for whatever the organization is. And generally, it was because that person knew more than everybody around him. Well, guess what? <laughs> That's past now. Right. There are people in every organization, everywhere, who in reality has a very good sense of what the vision ought to be. And I think you cannot get a vision without some inclusion of those people who are part of that organization. And even if you go down the organization, I agree with you, say a branch manager, it is important that if you have the smallest branch in the network, your ability to achieve what you need to achieve in that branch can be the very thing that allows you to get promoted from that branch. And part of it is for me and the people that work in my environment, I have my own vision. I know what it is. It may not be a synonymous with yours, but I'll tell you what it will be with yours. It will align with what you are trying to do. Because I think with vision, you got to have an alignment throughout the organization right. to make certain that it links up with where the general exactly. organization is going. Exactly. Your vision can't be different at that branch than that. It can't be outside the realm of what the organization is trying to do. Yeah. But within yes. that, and I think that's an important distinction, is that within that environment, you, as the branch manager of the smallest branch, you still need to have the vision of where you want that branch to go. And mm -hmm. you're right, that will, if that's supportive of the corporate goal, then you'll be positioning yourself for, uh, for promotion. I think that's critical in, uh, in, in the process. And every time I talk about vision with, with, with folks in a workshop or, or, or so forth, they, send to, they seem to be, I'll, say, I'll use the word, put off by thinking about it because they don't believe that they have any ins insight into it. It seems like this, this concept that's way beyond what they're capable of doing. Well, Steve, when I was, when I was in that kind of position, I might not have been put off, but I would probably feel like, and it's interesting to get your opinion on this, that look, I'm running this branch or whatever it is. I do not have time to devote and spend creating a vision. I, I mean, I just, I just don't have time for that. I got to get these checks out or get whatever I'm doing. So I, I, one of the, one of the opportunities that vision can create is that as a vision, the leadership has to explain and point out to subordinates in that organization exactly what the vision is, how it works. And another thing that we've always tried to do in our organizations was to try to align everybody's vision to, to, to lit, leak, lump, lump into the same thing. In other words, I get it. I don't think I 
should have to do it, but I do it when you tell me. You need to understand, Hector, this is a very important part of your job. Right. If you do it, if, and if you do it well, we can succeed as a result of it. And uh, I've seen situations where too busy, man. I got too much going on. I got too much going on to spend my time trying to figure out what the vision is for our organization. So, yeah, I certainly trying to make that alignment is, is a critical part of, of sort of moving the whole organizations forward is that those visions have to be aligned to, uh, to be able to move and move uh, together. The other thing that I've noticed in working with with organizations um, is that not only do sometimes people feel like they don't have the right or the the permission to do it uh, to have a, a vision, but they also don't see the purpose. It's sort of like when you're here, we have this or, this this branch, and everybody knows what the branch is supposed to do. So why should I have a vision for that? I was going to use a, a, a quick example. I worked with a uh, team of very, probably the smartest team I'd ever worked with. These were people who wrote the test for certification of a professional certification. I won't give you much more detail than that because it was confidential, but the the point is that these were people who understood the technical part of this professional organization to the extent that they could write the test questions that allowed those people to become certified in that environment. And I was called in to work with the team and with the the leader to to look at where they were going. And when we had done our first debrief and we're talking, it, one of the things I asked him, I said, what's your vision for this group? And there was this long pause <laughs> because he felt that there was no reason, once he ta- we started talking about it, that there was no reason for him to even worry about a vision because it was clear. Mm-hmm. This group mm-hmm. was supposed to write these exams and they had to, to pass uh, all sorts of levels of organization for approval and that sort of thing. And so the vision, as far as he was concerned, was pretty clear. It was write the, write the best test ex- uh, exam you could. And that was all he thought about. And so when I asked him, I said, what, what would the rest of the group say? Of course, he had never asked the question, so he didn't really have a good answer for that. But we actually took that issue and began to use that as a way for him to improve his communication with the team. Because once he sat down with the team and started talking to him, he heard a whole different set of environments about what they felt their job was mm-hmm. and how it fit that, that vision of what uh, they were supposed to be doing. And it really helped pay off. It was a, an insight that he had never considered that that was even important. And this was a guy who probably had an IQ of 160. I mean, these people were not not short of brain power, but they just mm-hmm. hadn't been shown how to do it. And so when you think of it as that way, it's sort of this whole issue of the importance of vision is not just uh, sort of a characteristic on a list of characteristics, but it really is a, a critical element to help um, individuals and groups uh, perform more effectively. That's great. That's, and that's a great example. The thing that you make me think of when you said that is this whole business about 
what has come to be known as SMART goals. When you create a vision, it is then important for you to sit back and determine what are the goals that will get you to the finish line. And I, I, I often think about with vision and a lot of what we will talk about, people's belief that how do you get outcomes? How do you get product out the door? Right. And this business about being nice and visionary and all that, a lot of people <laughs> doesn't believe it. They, they think, look, I just want the product out of the door. But th there are some things about the SMART goals that uh, I think I ought to mention that the anacronym, the specific, right. is critical that whatever the goal is should be very specific. And you ought to know what success looks like. And motivating is important. The, the, it, it, it ought to be motivating, and that helps a person understand how they make a difference. If it's motivating, I then understand how, if I do this well, I will make a difference. Attainable. They ought to be stretch goals. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But not impossible which is a way, easy way to turn someone off. Right. You know, you set up these goals that seem lofty to you and incredible. And to me, I'm thinking, there is no way I can really do that. Right. So being clear about that. And, and the next one is relevant. We ought to make certain if you are emerging leader to understand how that person can make a difference. And, and the final one is you need a, a system where you can track your progress. And uh, you, you guys might want to remember smart goals and, and you see them all around, but they are important to help and interpret the vision. Because once I start to understand that, I can get, oh, this is what I need to do. And this is how I need to go about it. But at least I have ways to work it so that I can get where I need right. to go. You know, it's interesting you, you, say, you say that because I agree with you. The SMART goals are, are, are critical for sort of the implementation or the alignment of the, uh, of the vision statement. But one of the things that I see and I, I, I have a, a problem with is organizations that are now managing their feedback loop, if you will, through the survey process. So what they're, what they're doing is they put out a, a, a survey for all of their customers. Actually, I got two today from things that I did the last part, early part of the week that wanted feedback on, on, on coming back. And what I know in both those cases is the person I was dealing with face-to-face -face said, oh, by the way, when you get the survey, remember that only 10s count. Because if you give me anything less than a 10, it's a, it's a black mark on my. And I thought, <laughs> you're not really getting valid, valid feedback if that's what your people are saying. And in both of those cases, in two different places, two totally different uh, organizations, they said the same thing. 
That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, the feedback loop or that. So the vision that the company that I was dealing with in both cases had of what the customer experience is supposed to be is short circuited by the fact that they're being measured almost exclusively by the, and I've forgotten there's a term for the scale, but it's, it's a scale that if you don't get a 10, it's, it's a negative. And so I, I find that to be, in terms of vision, I'm sure somebody uh, thought that when they put this in place, it was going to help reinforce their vision for the organization. In and fact, I think, I think one of the things that we will talk about is communication, communication leaps, loop, loops, and how, in fact, do you get meaningful feedback however you are going about your, your job? How do you get feedback? And uh, just kind of as a precursor, I think feedback works when it's one-on-one, but most often without a survey, you know, like, uh, <laughs> right. If, if you want feedback from me and you want me to be honest, I will give it to you. But I'm going to be very concerned if you say to me by some innocuous source, you're going to get a survey and you got to have <laughs> X or Y. Right. I just don't think that works. I don't yeah. think that works. And, I, I do think, though, that you need, with vision particularly, a clear and measurable approach that allows you to react to and discover how things are going, particularly as it relates to tra traceable. So if, if I am going by way of vision, how do I know that I'm meeting the vision? Right? How do I know am I getting there or not? Yeah, and that's that's that smart goal and been tracking that 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 process. So, uh, the visionary, one of the things that I, I think people get hung up on is that um, vision can often be overwhelming. If you uh, look at vision statements, uh, it it seems like well that's just way beyond my capacity. I don't really understand. I don't really have that that part of me is not not really part of my job. And so they don't tend to, to embrace it. Or the organization makes the vision so complicated or so engaged or involved that it's hard for the person down the line somewhere, the new leaders that we're talking to or others that want to improve their leadership, think that it's not something that they can, can really be there. There's another part of vision that I wanted to bring up is we're we're talking at sort of a where does where does I want to take the group, but the other part of vision, I think, is the ability to see things in the future before your colleagues or others see them. So that you're focused on well, the focus may be too strong, but you're aware of what's happening in your environment, in your your particular field. Maybe it's with your customers, but you're able to see changes before others are. So being a, more of a visionary for what's coming down the road. And that's a, that, that's a different kind of challenge than setting the vision for a, a, a group or a, a process. But that visionary experience is how do I, as a person not at the very top, 
how do I communicate to my leadership that I see X happening? You know, right now there are people who I think have seen this quote, great resignation, the big res- you know, the, the, the process of people walking off of their jobs. I think there are people that saw that coming or have seen that coming, but didn't know how to communicate it. Right. Uh, right. And so how does that, let's talk a little bit about how someone who, who is maybe mid part of the organization, lower part of the organization, how do you, in, how do, how do we as leaders encourage them for communicating to us about things that they see that may not be already perceived by you or I. So if we didn't come up with it, it probably isn't very good anyway. So, so, so how does that, that, how does that person communicate that? Or, and so it's really got two parts. How do I communicate it as the person uh, who sees it, but as the leader, how do I encourage people to be able to come to me and talk about that? Encouragement is something that you want to create in any culture. That is to encourage people to come to you and talk about things. But to a person who is wanting to be a leader in an organization, one of the first things that they have to do, and a lot of this just sounds simple, is to pay attention. Mm -hmm. If you are in, in an organization and you are observing what is going on in the organization, and paying attention to the things around you and paying attention to your customer or your client, that to me is where you learn most. And oftentimes we are so hung up on the the visionary statements and all that kind of stuff that we pay absolutely no attention to our clients or to our customers. So in, in, in that regard, if I am paying attention to what's going on around me and, and creating opportunities to pay attention to my clients, I can do a lot of what you're talking about to include moving around. I, I think one of the challenges that leaders have is they don't take the time to check people out. And by that, I mean somebody used to say this to me all the time. Well, Hector, you you manage by walking around. I mean, we have to see you anywhere. And that is how I think you can learn what is going on. And when you are working hard to see people do something right, right. to compliment them, yep. it's amazing, one, what you, what you can do for them, but two, what you can learn for yourself as you manage by walking around and just checking people out and, and customers and clients going where they are and actually looking at things from their point of view is so, so important. Yeah. Isn't that amazing that again, something as, as simple as, as sort of walking around and being, being accessible and seeing what's going on is really so important. And Obviously, the last couple of years, that's been really hard, and and I think we're probably going to pay the price for that because we don't know, really know what's happening. And I think a lot of the concerns that those of us in business have is that we've lost a lot of our data points. So uh, no matter how good our vision is or how, how whether we're seeing the trends go, coming forward 
or otherwise, <clears throat> we, we, we need to be able to communicate with our customers and our clients and learn more about what their issues are. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a, been a real challenge. I was going to look at a couple of things I had, I had written down, but when we started talking about vision, when we put that on, on our list, one of the things that occurred to me is I went over and I went back and looked at some sort of famous vision statements. And I thought we might just experiment with, uh, with this a little bit. And of course, the one that for those of us who are a little bit older and probably have an ex- some experience with it, I think the, the ultimate vision statement was 1961, John Kennedy in his acceptance speech at the uh, inaugural said that we would put a man on the moon in this decade and bring, bring him back. So we're going, going to the moon. One of the most dramatic vision statements that anyone has ever issued. And, and we did it within all those parameters. It had the same thing you were talking about, those smart goals. It certainly had all of that in, in, embodied in it. People responded to it. But you know what, Steve? What? For me, that one had incredible inspiration for me. Exactly. So I, 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 think, I think you get the specific goals, smart goals, and all of that, but it seems to me that a vision has to inspire people. Right. Absolutely. Somebody no. said, said to me, what if, and this is Black History Month, what if Dr. Martin Luther King had said, you know, I have a vision, or I have a... How about if I have an idea? I have an idea. <laughs> Versus I have a dream. And, and, and you get my point. Absolutely. The, 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 Absolutely. The, the issue is bringing inspiration to the process. And I think that one of the things that we're going to have to deal with now is this whole issue of how do we inspire people to take a chance right. with us right, and, and work with us on a given vision, whatever it is. But, but John Kennedy, with that, without anything else, he just said that. Right. But somehow, and I guess I can ask you this, Steve, how, 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 is, how, how was it that a guy like John F. Kennedy could say we're going to the moon and somehow we actually believed it. Well, that's uh, one of those questions that there was a, an example of a leader who had checked almost all the boxes on all the right characteristics. And, and the, the nation, I think, wanted to believe him. The people that had elected him wanted to believe him. And he took the advantage of or the opportunity to challenge the nation like it had never been challenged before. So we may be setting the bar a little bit high for, for our audience to, or for you and I to set that. But I, I brought that back because it's one of those things when we talk about vision, um, it really is an example of, of how the things you mentioned, the inspiration, the, the, the ability to, to track it. I mean, he built into that statement, we're going to do this in 10 years. 
Yeah, yeah. And so it all sort of tracked along, all that was built into it. So it's it's amazing. And so I think this, I'm delighted that we started the, our podcast, uh, podcast with the uh, idea of having vision and uh, where we're uh, where we're headed. I think that's that that lays some found, some foundation for uh, for the other things we'll talk about. Yes, yes, I think you're right. Anything else you'd like to to add in before we before we finish? I wonder, Steve, how many people who listened to John F. Kennedy at that time thought that that vision was attainable. Well, let me ask uh, you. You were you were born. How old were you? <laughs> we won't. Well, I, I won't go there. But we won't go, we won't go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how many people believe that's that, that's a great question? I'm sure that the naysayers outnumbered the the people that were cheering him on, and um, and and believe it. But I think there were. There were there were fewer people. I just have to answer this way. There are fewer people who believed that he it could be done than believed he could do it. So that's at least my uh, my opinion. But my opinion is I be- somehow there was something about him, and like you said, the the what he figured out about leadership. Right. There was something about that that actually. And I, will, I wasn't thinking about it nearly, but I believed him. I mean, it, 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 and, and, it, and it goes back to something that I hope that we will talk about as we get into this podcast and just the old, whole idea of the aura or the impact of, of great leaders, what they can, in fact, achieve right. with who they are, with just being who they are the right way. Right. So. Well, it, it sort of comes to the, we, we started with the definition of leadership, but one of the things that I would say to answer or to address what you just said was that there really is no handbook or formula or, or prescription or recipe for what it takes to be a great leader. We're talking about the characteristics and we're going to talk about a lot of them that, that, that go into that. But what we're really uh, saying is that John Kennedy took the opportunity that he had, that was given him to take a great leadership step forward. Mm-hmm. There were other people, some just just behind him or or preceded him. Dwight Eisenhower is another one who, you know, the, the greatest general we've ever seen who could brought us through World War II, and those those folks, they took the opportunity to exercise their leadership with what they had and so were they perfect in every respect no no but no but they were able to take it and and do it and i think we're all in that position which by the way is is so true if you are a leader and you think you are perfect I really want to talk to you a minute because yeah. you got a problem. Yeah, you got a problem. Yeah. So you got vision. I think vision, and and I would just remind the audience to think of vision with three things in my mind: purpose. What's the reason right. for the vision? And the second is your picture of the future. 
you know, what are you trying to achieve? Where are you going with your vision? Where, where, where is it going? And the third one is values. What are the values that will help you achieve those go- uh, the, that vision with goals uh, that you set? Absolutely. And uh, that is, I think, a very good beginning to uh, yeah, I agree. To go forward. I agree. And I would say for all those who are listening, thank you very much for uh, for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed having this conversation. Please contact us at sroyal at actionpointpartners.com or you want to give your... Dick to McCahern at the McCahern Group. So thank you very much. Y'all have a great day. Thanks. That was great, guys. And thank you for listening. Please let us know how you like today's podcast and send us your thoughts to D.H. McCahern at the McCahern Group or S. Royal at actionpointpartners.com.